Hello, I hope you're doing well this morning or afternoon, whatever time it is where you're at. Uh, you have to forgive my my nose and eyes and throat this morning. My allergies are just giving me a difficult time. Hey, good morning, John. So we've been talking through our key holder series and we're wrapping that up this week. We've been talking about roles and responsibilities and if you really uh, go back and look at at the series, you, you start to see how everything fits together and, and comes together and gives a, a fuller picture of what it means to be a key holder and uh, what it looks like in, in terms of, of calling and identity and, um, and your Metron. And so we, we wrapped it up with what does it look like as a role and, and what are the responsibilities within that? And uh, so uh, I think it's been a really great series and and I've loved everything we have had an opportunity to to discuss and talk about and it's it's been a lot of fun to to walk through all of that and uh, so today uh, continuing with the, the discussion about roles and responsibilities I want to read through Romans 12 um, just because I, I think it, it gives us, a little more sense of of what it means as our, our role as key holders amongst one another uh, w- within the body and being able to to unlock one another and not have uh, uh, fellow uh, uh, members of the body just sitting and and um, and not not having any movement, not taking any action or, um, basically just having nothing happen. And so we have, we have an opportunity. We have, uh, um, a responsibility really to, to be unlocking one another and, and getting everyone pushing and, uh, taking action. So we're going to read through Romans 12. We'll stop and talk about a couple of things, but, uh, it's really something that I hope that you take into, uh, uh, or, or take hold of the opportunity to go to Holy Spirit this week and and ask about these things. Ask about your your role as a, a key holder. What's the responsibility there? What does it mean for you to be a key holder within the body uh, as a, a son or daughter, as a citizen of the kingdom? What does it mean? What does that look like? And so uh, I hope you take advantage of that. Ask the questions. And see what he see what Holy Spirit says to you, because one of the things that I know is we have talked about in the past how freedom doesn't look the same for everybody, and uh, I know that this isn't going to look the same for everyone either. That uh, the role that you have been given, the responsibility with inside that role, is not going to be the same as the person sitting next to you, and that's okay. It's it's just different members of the body having different functions, right? And, and we talked about that uh, yesterday, how, uh, you know, a, a, a role is, um, oh, I lost my train of thought. A role is a function. It's, it's a function that you take on and, and then there's the responsibility where you are, are accountable for for something and so uh let's let's read in in here romans 12 and uh 
and really just just take an opportunity this week to to get in and, and listen to what Holy Spirit has to say to you. Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God, to be his sacred living sacrifices, and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. You can start to uh, uh, feel yourself being unlocked here by what Paul was writing uh, because he's, he's encouraging people to, to, to surrender themselves uh, to God, be a living sacrifice. And, and you've, you've heard that discussed uh, in many of the different things we've done here. And he also says, stop intimidating, <laughs> intimidating, imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. We see that a lot today is, is people will will imitate what's going on around them and whatever that loudest voice is simply so there is no persecution on them. So they're more fearful of, of man's response towards their words than they are of, of the father's response and, and, and what his thoughts are. And so we start mirroring uh, culture and, and society rather than mirroring what we hear and, and see the father doing. Verse three, God has given me grace to speak a warning about pride. I would ask each of you to be emptied of self-promotion and not create a false image of your importance. Instead, honestly assess your worth by using your God-given faith as the standard of measurement, and then you will see your true value with an appropriate self-esteem. I, I really I really like that it, it says, honestly assess your worth by using your God-given faith as a standard. So that faith that God's given you, use that as a standard, right? That not, not anything else that, that the world would use. Verse four, in the human body, there are many parts and organs, each with a unique function. That, that's that word function right there that starts to speak about a role that, that each of you play. And, uh, regardless of what that role is, it's, it's vital to the rest of the body. It's, it's a significant thing for you to step into your calling and be who it is that God says that you are. It's, it is a unique function, but it's, it's extremely important. And so it is in the body of Christ for though we are many, We've all been mingled into one body in Christ. This means that we are all each vitally joined to one another, with each contributing to the others. God's marvelous grace imparts to each one of us varying gifts and ministries that are uniquely ours. Everyone has gifts that they've been given, and everyone has a ministry, whether you uh, view it as ministry or not, because you aren't. Uh, working inside of a church, then uh, that's just a wrong way of looking at it. It is still a ministry that you have. 
So if God has given you the grace gift of prophecy, you must activate your gift by using the proportion of faith you have to prophesy. If your grace gift is serving, then thrive in serving others well. If you have the grace gift of teaching, then be actively teaching and training others. If you have the grace gift of encouragement, then use it often to encourage others. If you have the grace gift of giving to meet the needs of others, then may you prosper in your generosity without any fanfare. If you have the gift of leadership, be passionate about your leadership. And if you have the gift of showing compassion, then flourish in your cheerful display of compassion. It's whatever your gift that you've been given, it needs to be used. It can't just uh, sit on the shelf and collect dust, right? There, there's no uh, trust in, in God to, to follow through on the grace that he says that you have if you aren't exercising it, right? If you're just letting it sit. So whatever, whatever gift you have, use it and, and, and see your faith build up even greater. So you can use that gift in even greater ways and have an even bigger impact and a bigger reach. Excuse me. Verse nine, let the inner movement of your heart always be to love one another and never play the role of an actor wearing a mask. Despise evil and embrace everything that is good and virtuous. Be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as members of one family. Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor for one another. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion toward him boiling hot. Radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit and let him fill you with excitement as you serve him. Let this hope burst forth within you, releasing a continual joy. Don't give up in a time of trouble, but commune with God at all times. I think it's really important not to jump over some of these these smaller things as we're looking for the bigger bigger picture here of roles and responsibilities and don't give up in a time of trouble but commune with God at all times if you are communing with God at all times uh the the times of trouble when they come up they won't uh impact us as as much not to say that they won't still feel very weighty and very significant but the impact that they have on you personally will not be as great. All right. Uh, Verse 13, take a constant interest in the needs of God's beloved people and respond by helping them and eagerly welcome people as guests into your home. Speak blessing, never not cursing over those who reject and persecute you. Another big thing to to keep in mind, because this is going to happen. There's going to be uh, uh, people who say mean things, uh, hurtful things, but we speak blessing and not cursing over those who reject and persecute us. Celebrate those who celebrate, celebrate with those who celebrate and weep with those who grieve. Live happily together in a spirit of harmony and be as mindful of one another's worth as you are your own. Wow. Trying to remember to be mindful of other people's worth is sometimes very difficult. It can be very difficult, especially when they are 
are not speaking blessings over us and, and using and saying hurtful things. It can be very difficult to be mindful of their worth. Goes on and says, don't live with a lofty mindset, thinking you are too important to serve others, but be willing to do menial tasks and identify with those who are humble minded. Don't be smug or even think for a moment that you know it all. <laughs> Don't be smug or even think for a moment that you know it all. How many times have you seen that get someone in trouble thinking they know it, that they know something for sure and they just don't? I, I've done it. I, I think I know something. And turns out I didn't. And so, you know, if, if we always go back to uh, we we just claim to know nothing except for Christ and him crucified, then, uh, you know, the, the revelation that Holy Spirit opens up, you're going to be able to uh, uh, give praise to God for that and, and, and not be coming across as, as this uh, smug person that, that Paul's talking about. Verse 17, never hold a grudge or try to get even but plan your life around the noblest way to benefit others. Do your best to live as everybody's friend. Yeah, we do our best to do that, but not everybody's going to want to be friends with us. And I understand that. And that's, that's okay. But we don't hold a grudge or try to get even. We plan our life around the noblest way to benefit others. If you are a, a king, a royal heir to the kingdom of heaven, then planning your life around the noblest way to benefit others is, is a responsibility of, of a son, of a daughter, right? That, that's something that uh, uh, we should be taking on as part of the, the burden we carry uh, with the uh, authority that comes with, with all those things we've been talking about, sons, daughters, citizens, Heirs. We can't be holding grudges and living in a way that is and speaking curses and living in a way that is uh, persecuting others. That's not how a, a royal uh, a member of, of God's family is going to act. All right, verse 19, beloved. Don't be obsessed with taking revenge, <clears throat> but, but leave that to God's righteous justice. For the scriptures say, vengeance is mine and I will repay, says the Lord. And if your enemy is hungry, buy him lunch. Win him over with kindness, for your surprising generosity will awaken his conscience. And God will reward you with favor. Never let evil defeat you, but defeat evil with good. So you can go through that and you can pick out uh, uh, the functions, the, the roles that uh, that you will will have as a key holder and, and the responsibility to act accordingly as as a key holder, as as that uh, one trusted by God to lock and unlock. And, and, and you know, we. I talked about this briefly yesterday is the fact that you are uh, uh, the gatekeepers, right? And as, as key holders, you get to open the gate and you get to shut the gate. 
there was a, there's a responsibility there in that role to do those things. So uh, I hope that you're really taking that to heart this week and, and that you're, you're figuring out what that looks like for you. And then, and then living that, taking action on that uh, going beyond, you know, we can, we can say yes to, to a call. We can say yes to uh, being a key holder and that's great. But then what happens beyond that? And then what's next? And what's next? Where does it, where does it keep going? Right? Where does the, the role then start to change? And your next yes needs to come. And then the follow on actions. We can't let it just, we can't let it just stay at a surface level of yes, I'm on board, God. And then crickets after that and and not taking any action and and running away from God and not communicating with him the questions that you're carrying. Your, your questions don't scare him. So ask. If you're unclear, ask questions. Seek answers. Bang on the door, right? And and see him open it for you. Get a better understanding of what your role is and what the responsibilities are that you carry. You have authority. So what is the responsibility that comes with that authority? All right. Have a great week. Um, We will be back on Wednesday and uh, getting ready for Easter. All right. Love you all.